Welcome to On Mike with Jordan Rich. I would be he, and I'm all excited about my guest today, a three-time world wrestling champion, a member of the WWE Hall of Fame, in fact. He's also the creator of the highly successful fitness enterprise known as DDPY. That stands for Diamond Dallas Page Yoga. You can find out more at ddpyoga.com. Now, Diamond Dallas Page has been motivating people all over the world to get into shape with his unique approach. He holds live inspiration meets perspiration fitness workshops globally. And we'll be talking about his new book called Positively Unstoppable, The Art of Owning It. It's a pleasure to welcome you, sir. And uh, I want to tell you, when I first laid eyes on the movie about Jake the Snake, I was blown away. That really has had a lot of impact, hasn't it? Oh, man. You know, not just on Jake and Scott, <laughs> on so on so many other people. God, we there's a guy named Stephen David who literally had the gun out, was going to kill himself. Like, this is like real life. Just was going through Netflix, drinking, having a beer, ready to off himself, and he came across the resurrection of Jake the Snake. He watched that. You mm. got to see this guy's transformation. It is super special. Mm. And that now he is a DDP uh, Y instructor, so he took it to a whole different level. And last year, like every year, we uh, we bring we we invite so many people who had incredible transformations. We bring them in to uh, you know to just share a time of like, wow, look at what you did. And there's so many of them. We got like 150 of them coming in. And we interview a lot of them and do photo shoots. Like, really, I like, can feel, like, super special because what they did was, you know, take ownership of their lives. And Stephen David was one of them. And he was telling his story. And unbeknownst to him, Jake, I came out, and he had never met me before, and I came out while I was filming, and he popped you with on it because I wanted to take his attention away for a second. And he was like, oh, man, GDP. And he started to get up. I said, hold on a second. And Jake had slipped in behind him, and Jake was standing there. And he just started crying. You know, <laughs> it was, uh, and then him and Jake had a talk, and uh, it was awesome. You mentioned transformations. It's all throughout the book, Positively Unstoppable, The Art of Owning It, which I enjoyed reading. And before we get into the work of DDP Yoga and all the great success, let's talk about you and, and obviously a great wrestling career, but everyone has moments and points of interest in their life where things change for the better because they have to. Do you have a brief synopsis as to why you've taken this course, DDP? Oh, you know, more than anything, it was um, it was necessity to my wrestling career. You have to understand, when I, when I broke in, I tried to wrestle when I was 22, almost, 20, I think, 23, and it didn't work out for me. I had three matches. I was horrible. But it was a dream to be a wrestler, but I hurt my knee in one of the matches, and I couldn't continue. And, so I, and I was already in the bar business for five years, and I got an opportunity to run my first rest, you know, bar. It was a rock and roll bar, you know, small place, like really small. But um, it was a lot of fun, and I got pulled in to the booze, the broads, and the party. Now, I never became an addict. I drank a lot when I was a young kid, but if I wanted to stop, I could just stop. It wasn't like I had a, the addiction problem. Right. Now, if I would have kept going at that pace, I think that would have happened because mm -hmm. uh, I watched it happen with my dad, but that was also a, a thing I never wanted to be, that guy. Yeah. So I tried to always 
parrot myself. But I, in the 80s, you've got to remember, this is 79, 1979, when I started that. And then by the mid-80s, wrestling started blowing up huge. And I was so mad at myself because I was like, I should have been a part of this. I should have been a part of this whole rock and wrestling thing. And I didn't pay my dues. I didn't put the work in. And in the beginning, I was very frustrated. And I just stopped watching wrestling. And then one day I was flicking the channel. This is no BS, straight talk. I'm flicking the channels, and I see Gorilla Monsoon, who I knew. But I see this character, and he's so over the top. His name is Jesse Ventura. And I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> and I, he pulled me in. I loved watching him. And then the first match to come out is a guy, and he's got a bag over his shoulder. And I'm like, who is this cat? It's, you know, it's Jake the Snake Roberts. He's got a snake in the bag. But I didn't care about the snake as much as I did about his presence, his swag, the way he cut a promo, like wrestling, ah, it's all fake, but not this guy. Like, this guy's real. And he pulled me back in, and it made me want to be a part of it. And what's crazy is, years later, I would be running a club in Fort Myers, Florida. And it's a big club now. You know, we got six bars, 12 bartenders, 1,000 people on a weekend night. And he rolls in the club. And when I see him, I almost went running up to him, but I had to slow down. I had to be cool, right? And I, uh, I just stood, walked up next to him, and the place is packed. And I said, uh, hey, man, are you Jake Snake Roberts? He's like, who wants to know? <laughs> I said, the guy who runs this place. He goes, yeah, I am. I said, what are we drinking? That's how I start with Jake. Drinking buddies. Yeah. And because I was a big fan and appreciated what all the boys did in the ring, they I wouldn't let him pay for any drinks. So Jake told Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and the Bushwhackers. And next thing you know, I got the boys coming in and out of my club, mainly when they were on a road trip from Tampa to Miami. That's like oh, 300 miles. Mm -hmm. So in the middle is Fort Myers. So it became a spot. And, uh, and at some point I thought, man, I'm too old for wrestling. At that time I was 31. I thought, but maybe I could be a manager. And I ended up making this videotape up of me and three guys. This is no lie. Three guys who wanted, wanted to be wrestlers. One I called Big Bad John. One I called Rock Hard Rick. And one I called <laughs> Ted E. Bear. And he was a midget. And he he would be with my yeah. diamond dolls, the beautiful women who were like they're my girls. And uh, next thing you know, I, I make this videotape. Next thing you know, I'm working for the AWA. Yeah. Oh, first of all, they call me. They call me and they say, DDP, uh, we want to we, we, we want to bring you and your boys in for a shot. Want to give you a, give you guys a tryout. Uh, we like your shtick, but we got one question. We showed the tape around. No one's ever heard of you before. You know, uh, where are you guys working? Like, well, um, none of those guys can wrestle. And they were like, what? <laughs> and, you know, bottom line, it was, don't call us, we'll call you. And then 
Two weeks later, a young guy at the time was called Paulie Dangerously. Today, he's known as Paul Heyman. Um, he's done a lot of amazing things throughout his career. But when he left, it left a, a spot for a young guy that could talk. And they brought me in. And a uh, great guy, he gave me my first opportunity. And it would be years, you know, on the travel mm. to get to WCW. It would be three and a half years, almost four years before I ever get in the ring and start my wrestling career, which is at 35 and a half years old. Diamond Dallas Page, three-time WWE wrestling champion and a member of the WWE Hall of Fame. And I'll make this confession to you and to everybody else. I do know a lot about wrestling because I'm married to somebody who's a huge fan. We've been to many matches, and we actually saw you being inducted into the Hall of Fame on TV. So here's my next question. When people hear of a big, strong champion wrestler, and then they hear the word yoga next to the name, and of course, ddpyoga.com. This has become a huge deal for you and has helped many, many people. I happen to be a yoga fan. Tell me how and why yoga became part of your regimen. Well, again, it was out of necessity. You know, I am the guy. I grew up on the Jersey Shore, and I'm not one of those guys who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga the first 42 years of my life. Like I said, I started wrestling at 35. My career took off when I was 40. That was in 1996. 1997 and 98, I was on top of the world wrestling, like literally wrestling 275 to 300 days a year. Yeah, you were the Tom Brady of your time, if I may use that I, reference. <laughs> yes, yes, you're absolutely right. And since then, there's a few of them because they do DDP yoga. And um, the uh, at the time, though, I was you know, that guy who was hitting that mat like every night. I was the guy who was in the shows. Um, a lot of the other top guys, they weren't. I was. And then going into 99, I ruptured my L4 and L5. You could say I broke my back, you know, because I mean, I had three spine specialists telling me that my wrestling career is over. I had just signed a multi-million dollar three-year deal. Like, and that would have disappeared. Mm. You know, mm. it would have been a fraction of that if I couldn't wrestle. And was it about the money? Absolutely. But it was more about, I just got here. You can't tell me this yeah. is over. Wow. So, you know, at that time, the guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga <laughs> would do whatever it took. And my, my now my ex-wife, she's one of my best friends still, but my wife at the time was like, you know, honey, you should really do yoga. And I'm like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> you know? And uh, actually, I was quoted in the Wall Street Journal. My first thing I ever wrote was uh, um, yoga for regular guys. And uh, me and my buddy, Dr. Craig Aaron, who's one of the best chiropractors I knew, and also a yogi for like 15 years, we wrote it together. And because uh, I wanted that medical credibility of what I was right. saying, wasn't right. just some wrestler. Like, I can back it up with this. If I can just jump in for a second, because I've done yoga, I've done the Bikram hot stuff and others. It really is amazing the impact on your body and on your mind, because it's not lifting weights, but there is, as you call it, dynamic resistance, which is so critical, isn't it? Oh, you know, I just had one a producer from NBC was working out with me right when you guys called me, and I just finished out with him. And he's followed us on a lot of things here in the Atlanta area. 
once we got in halfway, about a third of the way into, and now I'm calling it DDPY. And why am I focusing on DDPY? Why? Because I want people to stop calling it just yoga because it's not just yoga. You know, it's yoga and rehabilitation techniques, old school calisthenics done with a slow burn movement and the dynamic resistance. So he walks, he gets on my mat, his heart rate is 73 beats a minute. Within a minute and a half, it's 117 beats a minute. Within uh, about seven minutes, he's at 135. By the time he's into the first 20 minutes, his heart rate's in the red zone, even 147, 152. I'm telling him to stop engaging because <laughs> he's elevated. You know, it, it, most people don't understand it. And I said to him, now this guy's done every yoga you can do. I said, would you call this yoga? He said, not just yoga. He goes, he goes, I've never done anything like this before because I really take that engaging part to the next level. And when I'm doing it, you know, I really have your, you focusing on, think it's more like time under tension. Mm -hmm. It's more like lifting weights without the weight. And that's what gets your heart rate right, jacked up. Right. That's why when you see a guy like Vance Hines, uh, the district attorney from Texas, lose 198 pounds in one year. That's because I can get his, you know, not just how he's eating, I can get him in a right. fat burning zone and keep him there the entire workout. When people are stationary in one place on a mat or uh, in a small area, they're thinking, oh, I'm not doing anything cardio related because I'm standing in one place. But you're doing so much. Your body is so engaged, as you say. And you, I do want to point out that in the book, Positively Unstoppable, there are so many pictures before and after. Do you find that that's the best way to illustrate what you're trying to do? I think if people haven't documented it, anything, then it means nothing. And I don't mean means nothing for them, but means nothing to someone who's talking, hearing about, oh, yeah, I lost 150 pounds. They can find a picture back where they were big. Oh, wow, you really did change. But when you've documented it like Vance did or disabled veteran Arthur Borman did, well, then people feel like they're on the ride with you. And pictures, you know, are great. But video is unstoppable. So we can't do that as part of the book, but we can direct them to, because we pretty much do a, uh, um, a video, like little mini doc on everybody who has a great transformation with us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the main reason I show the transformations in the book in different places, it's not to say, look how much weight they lost. It's like, just like I explained to Arthur Borman, and he's one of the first people you, you read about, um, I explained to him as important as the DDPY workouts are, as important as the eating plan is, it's 10% of the equation. People go, oh, no, 80% is the food. Like, no, 90% is the story you tell yourself. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I've got to have my Oreos. Oh, I, I'm queen of the excuses. <laughs> like, whatever that story is you tell yourself, that's the 90%. And when someone makes a shift, like Arthur did, like Stacy did, like Christina did, I could go on and on, how many people did. Once they make that shift and they own it, the repetitions of affirmations leads to belief. 
And once that belief becomes a deep conviction, things begin to happen. Like you've got to reboot your brain. That's what positively unstoppable is all about. And I use it in examples of transformations that are mine. Like there was, like I went on Facebook, um, on Amazon, because I want to see like how are the reviews that are coming in. And there was one woman that just didn't get it. Like she said, I felt like I was misled. I was expecting something different. It's more of a book about workouts and diets and uh, DDP yoga. And I thought, well, there's a chapter on DDP yoga, and I use examples, but that's my life. Um, did you not understand that it's the entire book's about the story you tell yourself? The entire book's how to reboot your brain. And I, I, I wanted to connect her. I could say, call her up. And if I had her number, I would have called her up and said, explain to me how you felt you're misled. Mm. Because I couldn't be any more brutally <laughs> blunt yes. and honest throughout the book. Would you agree? I would agree. And let me just say this, and I'm going to give you perhaps the ultimate compliment, because as reading this and then watching your video, seeing you in the movie about Jake the Snake, one individual kept coming back to me over and over again, and he's one of my favorite people of all time, Jack LaLanne. And you know who Jack LaLanne is. Because, <laughs> yeah. and I'll tell you why, DDP, because first of all, you kind of have that sensibility and physicality that Jack LaLanne has, but you also have, in your own way, <laughs> that motivational thing that is so rare that, I mean, it takes a lot to get some people motivated, but you have that gift. I'm just wondering where that gift comes from. Has it come from childhood? Have you developed it further and further along in your career? You know, I've always pretty much, I come from a broken family, and you know by reading the book, I just give little tidbits right. of it. Right. Um, but, you know, when you bounce around from one family to another when you're a little kid, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, my father, my mother, and, and like, let that go. Like, what did you do? Like, I look at bouncing around from one family to another is, wow, that really taught me how to adapt unbelievably. Like, I literally can go from having a serious conversation with CEO, I don't care, of Apple or, you know, NBC, I don't care who it is. I can go from having a serious conversation with them to go into a Hells Angels meeting, and one of my best buddies is Chuck Zito, who's the president of Hells Angels for 25 years. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I'm so adaptable to to wherever I'm at, and I'm still the same person all the way through. But my dad dropped me off to live with my grandmother because my mother had, you know, she was up north trying to make the money, and my brother and sister were living with my grandmother. She did her best to guide me, but I pretty much raised myself. And I, I just learned as I was teach as I was learning, I have always been teaching. And the only reason I ever became a Hall of Fame wrestler was because Dusty Rhodes took me under his wing and mentored me. Jake the Snake Roberts took me under his wing and, 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 and gave me some of his insights of how to get over in the business. And it, what it really came down to was about being yourself and creating that person you want to be. And when I was wasn't making it. No one ever thought it would happen because when I became a wrestler at 35 and a half, people fell down laughing. Like, it was like, good luck. <laughs> like, never going to happen. You know, and I think a, a big 
people have been telling me, and I talk about it in Positively Unstoppable, people have been telling me all my life what I can't do. Like, the last thing has been, you know, VP yoga. Like, I'm, I didn't create this for yogis because yogis get it. They get, we need some kind of yoga in our life. I didn't create that for the yogis. Like when I got out of wrestling and I was focusing on, I was already working with people. Um, I, I knew that I could have gone into the yoga community and been huge, but they didn't need me. The people who needed me were, you know, the people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. And that's why I say DDP yoga is yoga for people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. And if you look at our <laughs> list and all of our transformations, the women who do DDPY do it, be and they found it because yoga didn't work for them. Like there was something, maybe it was too slow, maybe it was too, you know, spiritual. I don't know what it was. Whatever it was, it didn't click for them. And guys, you know, guys, guys want to do a guy's workout. And in our country, it's seen as being a chick thing. It just is. One of the highlights, though, if you are a guy who does it, is the chick thing. There are lots of lovely ladies often accompanying you in a big class. But we'll leave that. Exactly. For, we'll leave that exactly. for another time. I have one more, one more fun question because, as I say, I, I I watch wrestling with my bride, who's a huge fan. Your finishing move, what the diamond cutter? Is it pretty much a given that every superstar, every big name, has to have some kind of move? And how do you develop that kind of? How did you develop yours? God, it took a long time. And the original, uh, the, the ace crusher was my, my good friend, Johnny Laurinaitis. Um, he was staying with me uh, on his way to Japan one time. And he was like, hey, I came up with a new finish. I think it'd be great for you because we're both 6'4". You know? And I said, what is it? And he would grab his opponent around the neck and then he'd throw his legs out in front of him and take his opponent down and, you know, boom, knock him out. And Diamond, you know, his was an ace crusher. And I thought, wow, that's good. How can I make it mine? And Stephen Regal taught me this move called a cravat. And if I put that cravat on you, that hold, like it's a real, real hold. Like I, you can't get away. Like if I put you in it, you ain't going anywhere. <laughs> and, and when I start to hit, go towards the mat, if you don't go with me. Oh, you're dead. It's you're, over. <laughs> you're, going, you're going with me. You know, so, and then watching Jake, God, I watched hours and hours and hours of Jake. Um, and one of the things about the DDT, which was the move of the 80s, was that you could take it from different places and at times you never saw it coming. And it exploded and the fans would jump out of their seats. And then one day I tried that with the diamond cutter. And I was playing it for Jake, playing the match for him. And he just started laughing and took a big drag out of his cigarette. He looked at me and he goes, now you're getting it. <laughs> and that was the first time I'd ever done that. And out of that, I would come out with 50 different ways in the diamond cutter. And then in 1997, that was in 90, when I came up with this, I would say it was 90, late, late 94, 95. But it took a while for me to figure out 
how to you know, take it out of nowhere and why people care and why they would, because they love to be surprised when they don't see something coming. And people don't love to be surprised when they don't want to see it. But if they want to see it, they get really happy and surprised. And I came up with the diamond cutter hand sign. So it gave them a way to be part of the show. It gave them a way to identify with the move. And then in 1997, when my career was on a rocket, Jake called me up. And when I answered the phone, he said one word. He said, congratulations. I was like, Jake? He's like, yeah. I go, congratulations for what? And he said, reinventing the DDT. Oh, there you go. You tell some of it in the book. The book is a lot of fun, as as well as very instructional and motivational, I might add. I'm a yoga guy, so I'm going to dabble in uh, in DDPY myself because it looks like fun. Thank you so much for your time and for your energy. I really appreciate it. You know, this is the one thing I want to leave you with. If, if you walk into something, oh, I can't do that. You know, if you say you can or you say you can't, you're right. It was Henry Ford who, who made that that quote famous. You know, but, but what the hell did he ever do? Well, diamonds might be a girl's best friend, but if you're a guy like me, you want to avoid the diamond cutter at all costs if you know what's good for you. The book, again, is called Positively Unstoppable, The Art of Owning It by my guest today, Diamond Dallas Page. This is Jordan thanking you for listening to On Mike with Jordan Rich, available on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and, of course, Android. Appreciate you subscribing, downloading, rating, and reviewing this podcast if you get a chance. On Mike is produced at Chark Productions in Boston. Until next time, be well so you can do good. 